okay so <laughs> back when uh back when i was listening to like chris hardwick's podcast uh which is at the time nerdist um i uh he had donald gleason on yeah and i love donald gleason yeah same. uh and donald gleason i think at the time was promoting the revenant but anytime he would say it with his irish accent he would say the revenant like the revenant i mean the revenant and so mm-hmm. for any time in my head i read that I read that title, <laughs> and in my head, it's the Revenant. It's not the Revenant. the Revenant. It's the Revenant. The Revenant. Yes. <laughs> Have I told you that I that I saw that movie with my brother at like a ten thirty a.m. showing in a theater completely full with what I assumed to be a group from the nearest elderly care facility? <laughs> I think you might have mentioned that once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still love it. It's it's like it's like the the very elderly couple beside me when I saw Knives Out or not Knives Out, um, Uncut Gems. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Just uh, man. Um, you know, DiCaprio was fine in The Revenant, but not Oscar worthy. I agree. Especially Tom he Hardy was... was so fucking good though. Uh, that year, um, Michael Fassbender played Steve Jobs, and I fucking loved that performance. I was very upset because he was, was nominated um, too. That was oh, I can't think of his name, but Bridge of Spies, I think, won Best Supporting Actor. Mark Mar- Rylance, yeah, Mark Rylance. I really like Rylance, like Hardy Moore. If my I think I think he up. won, and everyone expected uh, Stallone to win that year because Stallone hadn't won an Oscar. And they thought he was going to get like that lifetime achievement Oscar, but I think it's because they were giving it to uh, DiCaprio, and they weren't going to give Stallone one too. Um, <laughs> if that's the same year, we might we might be mixing up two years. But I I know that Stallone was up against Rylance, and I know that DiCaprio was up against Fassbender. I just don't remember if it was the same year. <laughs> I mean, I just I keep thinking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and like DiCaprio. I mean, I, I know it's not a hot take to say that DiCaprio was very good in it, but oh yeah, for sure, like. It's just quietly one of his best performances because I feel like he was just it's limited. Kind of felt like limited screen time, but so good. He did really. He did interesting stuff, especially like when he was acting like a person who couldn't act. Yeah, like that was very good. Yeah, like the weirdest thing about that movie to me, about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is that like it didn't like Tarantino plays with the same people a lot of the time, and like yeah. yes, DiCaprio was in. Uh, Django and um, Pitt was in Bastards, mm-hmm. right? But like, it didn't have all like the hallmarks. Like, it didn't have Sam Jackson, you know. <laughs> like, um, it did have Michael Madsen and Tim Roth. But like, mm-hmm. did Michael Madsen get? Michael Madsen made it in, right? Did Tim Roth get cut yeah. out? Michael Madsen was in. I don't remember seeing Tim Roth. I think Tim Roth got cut out of the final cut. Yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman wasn't in, but her daughter was, right? <laughs> Yeah, she was one of the she was one of the the uh, cultists. The but she, girls. she, uh, yeah. she, like I think took the car and drove off. Maya Hawk. Yeah. Maya Hawk. Um. Yeah, she was Flower Child. Flower Child. It was it was all famous daughters. Was the I I, I don't know why he did that. I mean I I know oh, it was on purpose. Oh shit! Yeah, Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley. Harley Quinn Smith was one of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like it was it was on purpose that he just got a lot of famous daughters, but I don't know what the reason was. <laughs> Rumor Willis. One of them was Rumor Willis. Tarantino. Like God. I mean it's it's yeah, it is just some Tarantino shit to do, right? Like it's like he just called all his friends, like, hey, can your daughter be in my movie? <laughs> 
Um, wait, who did Rumor Willis play? Joanna Pettit. Oh, she was an actress. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, is this... Hold on, this is Madison Beatty. Is she Warren Beatty's granddaughter? <laughs> or just a similar name? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, anyway. Oh, did you see that, that BB was in it as well? The, who? the actress who played Beatrix's daughter in Kill Bill. No. I actually haven't seen Kill Bill. Everybody was... I, like I, I, I quite enjoyed Kill Bill, but I, I it's just like it's it's one that I need to see. You know, I I I wouldn't. I've I've, I've, I've seen all of the I've seen Inglorious Bastards on, uh, Django on. I've seen in the theater. Uh, I haven't seen Kill Bill. I haven't seen Jackie Brown, and uh, the other two I just need to go back and watch. Like Reservoir Dogs, I watched a million years ago, and then yeah, I've seen, I've seen it all. Um, yeah, I really like Jackie Brown. I, it feels it feels more grounded than his other other films, and mm. um, I don't know. It feels like that one's not talked about. What's weird to me is that he counts like because he says he wants to do ten films, and who knows if he's going to actually stop after ten or not. Um, but he counts Death Proof as one, and Kill Bill as one, which is weird to me to count Death Proof as its own movie. And also Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 as one movie instead of just counting Kill Bill as two movies and Death Proof not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a weird... Well, I mean, you know, that way just, you know, same well, he, result. He can, yeah, it's just it's just weird. He can count it however he wants to, but it's a weird way for him to count it. Yeah, looking at his Academy Awards, it's like, well, there's a grid that shows all of the awards. And so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Got two Oscars. I know Brad Pitt, of course, won. Yeah. Was it? What else? What was the other one? Best production design. Yeah. Which okay, Hateful Eight had one. Was that also like the costume? I think. Uh, Morricone so. won his first Academy Award for Best Original Score. Oh okay. yeah! Oh yeah! And Morricone. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Unchained and Bastards, of course. Oscar for Waltz and. Tarantino won the Oscar for the screenplay for Django. Did Waltz win for um Yes, Django? he's won for both of the Yep. Oh, I didn't realize that. I feel like although he was he was extremely good, obviously, I feel like the that category might have been might have been a weaker year. I mean, honestly, right? poor poor DiCaprio for that one too, because they could have just given it to him. You're gonna give it to fucking Waltz <laughs> again. <laughs> and DiCaprio sitting right there. He he sliced know. his hand for that film. <laughs> Like, the government was good, but Christoph Waltz, man. I mean, it's Christoph Waltz. He's great. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, he won the best original screenplay for Pulp Fiction. Hello, helicopters, and welcome <laughs> to Motion City Podcast, episode 
nine, ten, nine, nine. This is nine. Oh, next episode's ten. We should do we should do something special for episode ten. Um, I am Naim Siddiqui, uh, joining your host, joining me as always, uh, Jacob Walton. How's it going, Jake? Great. I love this song. <laughs> this is a great song. Uh, the song this week is Pulp Fiction, of course, a a wonderful song from the album My Dinosaur Life. It is the ninth eighth track eighth track because the ninth track is at at of course um or cubert as we have taken to calling it now yes. officially, officially it's called cubert now <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that uh, blink 55 does is they call the the fifth blink 82 album is just called blink 82 but it's unclear whether the album is self-titled or untitled uh so they call it self-untitled <laughs> so uh so now we're calling track nine cubert um uh was there news i think there might have been like not real news uh i'll just mention so justin um said he you know the first chunk of recordings is done for the solo for his solo album yep. that it's six six tracks in la and says coming soon ish so who knows also, Tony tweeted that he wants to do a solo record but doesn't know how to write songs. So, uh, Tony, please do your solo record. I know you listen sometimes, so um, please make a solo record. We would we would very much love it, uh, as we tweeted to you. Uh, and then... Josh uh, is streaming on Twitch. Yes, I actually was going to say that. Josh, that was the third thing I was going to say. Uh, Josh has been streaming on Twitch for the last uh, couple weeks about a month now maybe maybe a little I guess more he's than that. done it kind of off and on but now that the tour is back yeah, on the he's been he's been yeah, he streams a lot it's great I, I seriously it's so chill it's like it is it is exactly what i like in it he's friendly playing games chat with the with the the audience it's his 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 twitch is it's chewy that's I T S C H E W D Y. Is that his Twitter handle too? No, I think his Twitter handle is Joshua Allen Kane. Yeah, one would think. Um, but that's what it is on Twitch, and he he's on pretty regularly. He was he was streaming earlier. He like he's he'll do two sessions a day. I've been I've been watching a lot. Uh, it is it's Joshua Kane, not Joshua Allen Kane. Yeah, I think Joshua Allen Kane is his um instagram joshua kane on twitter uh although his twitter name is joshua kane it's chudy i think to to yes. promote himself um i think something happened with claudio too and i forget what it was is he in a band i think he's in a band that did something maybe he released a new record was it he posted on an instagram i think i liked something that he'd... i don't know if he posted something or justin posted something congratulating claudio or something like that um now I'm going to feel bad if I just like, Claudio did something. Anyway, we're going to move on. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Claudio did something that is, I think, cool. I'm sure. I think I think they put out a record or is going on tour or something. I just don't know what band he's with now. It's killing me right now. Well, at the top uh, of his Twitter, at Claudio Rivera. Okay, yeah. So he... Another thrice tour in the books. Best group of people I've ever worked with, and this was one of the smoothest and most painless tours I've ever done. 
Guys are going up to okay. write and recording new music, so this year we'll have some new adventures for me. Let's go. Yes. That's let's go, it. Claudio. Got back from a tour. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. So check out Thrice, which I guess Claudio was in. I didn't realize that. Good for Claudio. Always happy for Claudio. Absolutely. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Pulp Fiction, uh, the song, not the movie. Uh, as much as I'm sure Jake would love to talk about the movie, I think I only watched it once and fell asleep halfway through. Uh, uh, but I mean, you know, I like Tarantino just fine, <laughs> but I'm not. You know, it's not like. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I feel like we're going to get hate mail for me saying I fell asleep watching Pulp Fiction. It was 10 years ago. I got to get back to it. I own it. I own it on Blu-ray, and I have not watched it again. Dude, I could um, fall asleep. I, I, there, I, I absolutely could fall asleep to movies that like I'm loving, because I can just fall asleep that easily. Oh, yeah. I fell asleep on Logan Lucky. Speaking of Daniel Craig, who, who may or may not have made it into the pre-show <laughs> banter, um, I fell asleep like midway through Logan Lucky. I fell asleep during John Wick 2. I don't actually get that. It was t- I was tired. Well then, yeah, okay, there you go. So yeah, it's, you're yeah, tired. it was it was it was it was a late show and I was tired. <laughs> like I I, I want and I also hadn't seen John Wick one, so I like didn't have any appreciation <laughs> of the character. <laughs> so. You've seen them all, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like it's per- perfect. Like anyway uh all right uh so yes pulp fiction uh i picked this song why did i pick this song i don't know man i like this song this is this is uh i think i think this is my favorite song of my dinosaur life actually um i'm just uh i'm looking at the track right now yeah i think this is my favorite song of my dinosaur life i just i really really love the the chorus particularly um Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I I like the cadence. Everything about the cadence of this song really like works for me. The like it's just it's 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 that like because I think the lyrics are really great. And then Justin's like like trying to get as many th- words out in one breath as he can. You know mm-hmm. the thing that that he does well sometimes. Um, well, he he does well every time, but only does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I'm really uh, I'm really into. Um, what, uh, do you remember your first experience with Pulp Fiction? It would have been on Pandora when I made my Motion City soundtrack station and someone would have played for me on there at some point and I definitely would have been immediately into it because from the start, it, this, whatever, slaps, slams, hits, love it. Um, not... I mean, it's definitely one of of the songs I've listened to the most on My Dinosaur Life. And I don't know. I love the whole album. Feels like feels like the Pulp Fiction kind of has that energy of the whole album as well, which is just that rock, pretty much rock that just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It it does. It does sort of like work, I think, throughout the whole song. What's really interesting is um, My Dinosaur Life every track on that album has that those youtube videos the my dinosaur life track by track except for this one i looked could not find i scoured i found a playlist of them like i thought maybe there would be a playlist of them and one thing would be like blacked out um but not even that like i think it just isn't on i think i wonder if that has to do with the with the like the production around it 
because on the genius article it, it has the interview with matt where he's explaining how like i mean just a, i'll just read it verbatim pulp fiction started as a mostly electronic idea i'd recorded at home on my laptop i only had the verse and chorus parts at that time i sent it to justin while he was on a solo trip in japan which seems very relevant to uh you know several of the the lines in the Lyrics, song yeah yeah for sure uh, to see if he liked it, he put some vocals on it and immediately sent it back to me. Then we played it for the band, and everyone liked it. So well, what's, what's interesting is because because those videos are mostly like interviews about the song, like you know, around the time the album is coming out. Um, so I don't I don't know. It may like it's possible. I feel like it what it used to be on there, and then for some reason, like isn't anymore. Um, I don't know. I didn't even I didn't even try to like. But I don't know, like, why, like, for what reason? Because they own the rights to the song, obviously. Mm. Um, so, I have no idea. Um, let me see. Let me see if it's on British YouTube. Let me see <laughs> if I can even get into British YouTube on my AP, <laughs> my VPN. <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, uh, we yeah. As far as other things about uh, history, well. Why don't you talk a little bit more about the song real quick, if you, if you have any other thoughts. I can just start from the top. <laughs> sure, let's start from the top. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I think this song could have could have worked at the beginning of the album. Um, I, I get why they went with Worker B. I don't know uh, that it could have worked at, like, the, the first track. Well, just, you know, just that immediately getting you in that, in that energy. Yeah, maybe. I feel like this has, like... A comparable energy to other first of album tracks. Isn't it's it's a longer song though? Yeah, but just that, just that the guitar line that I can't describe, but the the guitar that starts the song, and then are, you're talking about, you're talking about the guitar or the bass. The are you talking about the or the? I'm gonna need to play it. I think I isn't the big isn't it, is it the guitar and the bass at the beginning of the song? It's it starts off with bass. Here, let me let me play the real beginning of it, like the beginning beginning. Okay, do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, we're on the same page now. I just I love every part of that. It's just that going into uh, what I thought was guitar, but I was watching a live video of it and it. It looks like that's Jesse. That it looks like the synth? the strings is the synth. Oh, interesting. So that was the live show, but it that's what it 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 sounds to me like it sounds to me very very stringy. But you know, obviously like, that synths can just sound yeah, that way now. Synths can just sound yeah. Um, synths sound like strings sometimes for sure. Uh, and then, you know that might have just been the you know them deciding to do it that way on the live show as they are wont to do. Um, but yeah, just it it starts strong, immediately gets into the heavy guitar into the into that synth into the drums and then the lyrics i feel like from the start the lyrics are also the most they're not they're not abstract in the sense of like meaningless but um or or or, when i say abstract i think of abstract art so i don't think of it as abstract that that way but (laughs) whereas where so many of their songs you know it's like even on this album are, are talking about like personal experiences and experiences with relationships and drugs um for this to be kind of a kind of a deviation as a like a story 
that's not by subject related to anything else they've done seems uh, unique. Like the, the subject matter itself seems unique. Maybe among anything they've, I don't know what other songs they've have that's telling a story like this. Well, what do you what do you think the story they're telling is? Well, I, I have I have written annotations on the genius track, so I I definitely have yes, my, you have. My All right, here I guess I guess we're doing genius now. So so uh, first thing I'll say is is this this song really like lyrically it blends in a lot of the pop culture reference stuff that I think on a previous episode I said I I really enjoy like it it especially when it like sort of. I don't know the, the cadence all works. You know, there, there's um, it's from Makeout Kids. Uh, I'm fond of Twin Peaks afternoons. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, there's a Twin Peaks Grace reference in this song as well. Yes. So like, so right now we have we have Miami Vice, Cloak and Dagger, Seabury Quinn, Go Go Gadget Arms, Go Go Gadget Arms. Again, mm. it's a thing that happens. Uh, go, go Go Gadget, gadget arms, arms is the way he says it, but nobody says it like that. Nobody says Go Go Gadget Arms. They'll say Go Go Gadget Arms. Um, What's the uh, the Twin Peaks one in here again? It's the the body found wrapped in plastic. Oh yeah, wrapped in plastic. Yeah, wrapped in plastic. We all get the ends. Um, so there's just like there's there's just like a ton of those like pop culture references in here. It's also a lot in the the next song on the track, which is uh, Qbert. Um, and there's also you know her words is from my planet has the Veronica Mars at the top, and I sold my Xbox like. For for me, it's just a lot of it's just like that's that's the way I talk, and who knows? I don't know how much of that is because of because of most of the soundtrack, like how much they influenced my experience, or how much my um, enjoyment of them influence was influenced by them doing this kind of thing. Um, but I get it, right? Like I just I just talk that way, right? I I just talk in pop culture references a lot, so I like I like hearing it in music, even though I know some people think it's like pandery, sounds like cheap pops. Um, for me, it just, it just like, it's cool because, you know, that, that's something that um, Ben Fold said uh, on his uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert, the song Emmeline. He wrote that song when he was like 17, which, uh, or 19 or something like that, which frustrates me um, because he was, <laughs> it's so good. And, um, but, uh, but he said like, you know, he used to start writing like, baby and I love you. And like, this is like not the way he talked. And he realized he could like, you know, he could just write the way he talked and say like words like stupid, like stupid reasons and, and make money metaphors, money talks, but never listens. Um, uh, and like, for me, like that's, that is such a breakthrough, right? Like just, just write the way you talk and obviously you got to make it rhyme, but if you can just write the way you talk, that's what's gonna, um, you know, whether or not people get every single one of the references, which I didn't, right? Like I never watched Cloak and Dagger and I never watched, um, Twin Peaks but like if you just write how you talk people are gonna understand that better it makes more sense so like Justin watches a lot of movies right watch a lot of movies and TV he just knows a lot of pop culture so putting the pop culture in the song just the way he talks makes it makes it feel more authentic to me I love how this song is I mean I love it with with, (laughs) the more the more I read the lyrics for every song I, I, the more I like how he writes lyrics, yeah. Um, but I feel like this in particular is just feels so much like him doing what he wants with with structure and sentence link and syllables and and even rhyming and just like you know there's that there's that thing in writing and, and it's really in in any in any creative format where you you learn the rules and then you do what you you know the the masters do what they want and. 
you know, I don't, well, even then, I, I don't know his, his actual background in studying any of this, I th- but. I think he went, like, I think he went for film to school. Well, did, what do you have studied, like, screenplay, screenwriting, and. I don't sure? remember for sure. I think he also dropped out. Um, yeah. Well, of course, that's, uh, you know, when you're writing lyrics, you, of course, get better at it, but to have that predisposition to, to be someone who wants to write music. Um, he went to Minneapolis community and technical college for film, but did not complete a degree. Yeah. Um, latent talent is, is what I'm getting at. He has the, yeah. you know, the obvious talent for it. So, so um, we were talking about the genius annotations. So let me go through some of those real quick. Um, the Cloak and Dagger has one, but somebody mentions the Marvel comic, uh, which is, I don't think the reference, I think it's the 80s movie, Cloak and Dagger, uh, and also Cloak and Dagger, like, doing spy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seabury Quinn, which is a reference that I did not understand until today, apparently yep. was a pulp magazine writer, which makes sense, like pulp fiction. That's one thing. So this this song, you know, at first, I just, I just assumed this song was named after the movie Pulp Fiction, which is funny because, you know... Um, the other song, the uh, track two on this album is A Lifeless Ordinary, which is named after the movie A Life Less Ordinary, but has nothing to do with it. Uh, this song was not named after the movie Pulp Fiction, although I'm sure Justin likes the movie. But uh, it was just named after actual pulp novels and stuff, like actual pulp fiction. So it's just like th- th- both things were named after the same thing, uh, but one was not an inspiration for the other. Um which is, I don't know, it's cool. <laughs> if, if you just assume, like, you know, it came out 15 years well, you know, later. It's funny that, the, that, you know, you mentioning that just now about about the the movie Pulp Fiction versus what, like, classically thought of as Pulp Fiction, which I thought is, I, th- I think Pulp Fiction classically does maybe refer to to stories with some violence in it, but I always associated it with, with detective comics. Detective, or yeah, oh, not, for sure. Not comics, but detective Com- stories. Oh, yeah. No, detective and, comics is where Batman's from. And uh, uh, I don't think of Pulp Fiction as a detective. <laughs> the film is having any sort of... Um, no, yeah. Detective. But like, it is it is a little pulpy, right? Like, it's got some of the pulp elements to it, but I don't know, Tarantino's a, a more violence like heavy director you know besides once upon a time in hollywood which yeah. does have the the one tarantino the tarantino wish scene at the end um but tarantino ish uh, full, full on full on and then so yeah yeah that's what I mean. like has, has the one like tarantino scene at the end but obviously it's all tarantino my mom, scenes, saw, my mom right? saw it she thought it was great i loved that she really <laughs> wanted to see it i'm like you yeah. i'm like okay you know it's this is quentin tarantino uh which is like, it's fine. yeah she loved it all right heck yeah mom um, um but no so uh i mean my, i took my dad to see that movie and he liked the movie a lot uh but my i like but it's funny because my mom was a little upset because we usually watch all the oscar movies before the oscars mm-hmm. but i didn't have a lot of time this year and also like you know she she was out of the country for a little while it was it was, it was you know whatever um but like even I had only seen three of them, and uh, one of them was Joker, which I was, which I knew she wouldn't like. Uh, yeah. One of them was Ford vs Ferrari, which I, you know, she might have liked, and one of them was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I took my dad to see. And I sit there with my like, I, I, I was like, Mom, you will not like this movie. And like, my look at my dad, I'm like, Dad, you remember the movie? He's like, Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Would Mom like it? He's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we like, she, she just, it's not her kind of movie. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so, and that's the thing, right? So detective spy is, is detective adjacent, right? Cloak and dagger, spy, detective stuff. Yeah. Um, go granted arms. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like a bad dream, something for the back of a magazine. That one is actually, so the Genius Annotation also mentions the BuzzFeed article that we talked about for Makeout Kids, um, which mentions, uh, so Justin says, I was thinking of Twin Peaks in particular. There's a scene where Agent Cooper finds a safety deposit key in Laura Palmer's diary. They pull out a magazine and they're looking through it and they find a connection between her and this other guy. And I was just thinking of Black Mask Magazine. That was kind of the image that came to mind with that. Which I, I don't know, like, that I get it. But for some reason, like, that line has always resonated well with me. Like, it's like a bad dream, something from the back of a magazine, black and white and cheaply put together. Like a slasher film in front of an opposite direction. The plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. Yeah, Which Black is also Ma- like, Black I don't Mask know. Like, magazine I, never... was a, is a, was or is a pulp magazine featuring, you know, detectives, crime, sure. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, like that, that, that chorus, like every part of the chorus always resonated with me, even Absolutely. though like maybe I didn't get every part. Of, like I never read pulp magazines, you know, but like like a badging something from the back of a magazine, black and white cheaply put together. Get that. Like a slasher film torn in opposite direction of the plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. And I'm not into slasher films either. Like I don't like slasher films at all. Um, but like I get like a movie, like I totally can feel a movie where I don't think the movie's very good, but there's all these little elements of the movie that I think are great. Um and like I don't know, that just like resonates. Um, Darkened corners at every bend. I wasn't sucking down the poison. Uh, that has the annotation from uh, one X fit minus <laughs> with uh, with a Mountain Dew bomb blast uh, avatar. <laughs> I wrote the, I wrote this, and then I feel like, but this should be like painfully obvious, right? Yeah, he's at a bar. He's not yeah. drinking. That's it. Uh, Maybe it's I was obvious because the- I wrote it, but. No, but I it makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't think about it. Like I never, I sometimes I just don't think about the meaning of lyrics. So I never thought about it. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you put it on the genius annotations because I wouldn't have even considered it. Maybe if I sat there like reading every part, but I didn't, I didn't think about it. Um, I was working on the QT, uh, which is, I mean, it could be a Quentin Tarantino reference. I'm, I'm dude, fairly I'm, certain I'm has nothing to do with Tarantino. No, I know, I know it means I, on the down low. I, I know it means it's on the down low. I'm saying I just feel like no, he's like. No, yes, yes. Of, of course it means on the down low. The... Yeah, we're, we're, so yeah, with no question it means on the down low. Yeah. You're right, right? Why isn't he saying I was working on the down low? Why is he saying I was working on the QT? Maybe it's a little nod, like it's well, just a it's, little it's, like. It's the pulpy term. It's it's good. It sounds good, and it is. It is. It's Sorry. the perfect combination of, like. It is relevant in every way. Oh, and also Quentin Tarantino's initials. I don't know. I yeah. I, obviously, I, I believe I, that I it's agree, not that, right? but it's just I like it's it's just it's. I'm I am of the it was intentional or that he he underst he that is. I think he knows that it that Quentin Tarantino. Initials. Yeah, I don't know. I well, let, let's tweet him. <laughs> let's 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 see if he responds. <laughs> um, I I because I agree, right? He could have said I was working on the down low. I was working on the hush hush, you know. But he says I, I was working on the QT. But I don't know. Like, was the song even titled by the time he wrote that line? Like, who knows? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it is just a coincidence. Yeah. Um. But but you're right. Like it does feel like he didn't need to say QT, but to specifically say QT, which happened to be Quentin Tarantino's initials, who also happened to direct a movie with the same title as this song, does seem like a, a 
too much of a coincidence to not be slight, at least somewhat on purpose. I do think other than that, like the lyrics are of the of the song are pretty straightforward since I do feel like he's mostly telling a story in pulpy words. Yeah. But I have no I'm I don't have the faintest idea what the I had the martyrs that I bartered from the Barons for the Bandoliers line is supposed to mean. The martyrs like, that I, I can bartered. read it literally or you know like like close to literally, but I I don't I Yeah, I don't know. Cuz like karaoke her feminine flaw like that just feels like a pulp line. Yeah. Like karaoke her feminine flaw. Well, I f- that's so weird. So feminine flaw, I feel like that's I f- I thought that had been something like like I'd heard as an expression, like for something to be called a feminine flaw, but I, I like Googling feminine flaw will just You're eventually right. turn it, up. It really does feel like just like a, a turn of phrase that people use, but yeah. now that like when I think about it, I don't think I've ever heard it anywhere like, else. I, I don't, the, the thing I remind is, I just like, like, like kind of a, kind of a, like a, like a, like the, like a hero's weakness, like feminine flaw, like, oh, you are loving and motherly, like that kind of thing. But I don't like, that's what I, that's what I kind of associate with it. But I can't, again, if you Google just feminine flaw, eventually it turns up this song. Like there's not, there's not a, and if it, if you Google her feminine flaw, it is just the song. So, uh, I, I guess it just, I guess it just sounds like something that that is an expression, but it's not. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny because they didn't, you know, they didn't make a, a music video for this, but I could totally like picture a, like a pulpy music video for this. Yes. Um, which is like like so for Justin Solo record, he did a music video for every song, and some of them had more money put into them than others. But because I, I think they they gave him money to like okay make two music videos for this album, and he's like, what if I use the money you gave me for two <laughs> music videos and made seven music videos? And they were like. I mean, are they gonna suck? And he's like, nope. And they're like, all right, do it, I guess. Uh, like that's basically what happened. I, it was, I remember what I don't remember what interview that I heard that in, but it was basically he was just like, yeah, can I just make a bunch of them? And he's like, all right, sure, <laughs> like whatever. Um, and so he just made like a bunch of music videos because like he likes making short films, right? Like it makes sense. Um, how many? Uh, Ten. Yeah. So like, like I think they asked him to make two or maybe three, and gave him not a lot of money to do the two that they gave him to make. And he's like, I'm just gonna make ten. I'm like, all right, fine. Fifty. Um, yeah. So like it's 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 kind of like a a. Um, lemonade type thing like a visual album that's what i was looking for um except for the the first one like there's one that's a a straight up music video and the rest of them are supposed to be like interconnected but i actually haven't watched all of the uh in the drink music videos so um the next genius annotation is uh, also from this gentleman xfip minus <laughs> Uh, which says uh, it's from, from the line covering the tracks that are brought you there, uh, which uh, you say is a shining reference. I'm, I don't know that it's it's a shining reference, but that's I'm, I've been on a shining kick lately. Um, yeah, and covering the tracks that brought you there, like a slasher film, shining is is a is a you know one of the early foreigners of the slasher genre is that i don't i don't like horror movies so i don't really know i don't think it's a slasher but it is like a horror yeah i don't know because like slasher to me says like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street right where like it's a bunch of people getting killed where shining is not that right i haven't seen the shining but it's just it's just him trying to kill his wife and daughter right or son or whatever Mm -hmm. well in so in the in the movie right because he's he's uh, ewan mcgregor in the sequel yeah in, in the movie uh 
Danny escapes from the hotel. Jack follows him into the maze, and Danny hides his tracks. Like he, he brushes them off. Yeah. Hides. Well, no, 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 then... that makes that makes sense, right? Because he because he hides in the hedge maze too, and it's paranoid and frozen in the heathers. Right. Well, then, heathers... then Jack Jack Nicholson uh, Nicholson, of course. There's the famous shot at the end of him having frozen to death. Sure. And I couldn't figure well, out the Heather's line. I, Heather's I think, are a shrub. Oh. Yeah, so, that's surely that's got to be. Yeah, you actually, actually, you should probably edit this annotation to be both those lines. Yeah. Because uh, because he hides in the hedge maze, in the snow-covered hedge maze. He's paranoid and frozen in the Heather's. Totally. Like, it totally lines up, actually. I think I think you might be 100% right on this. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't know Heathers were a shrub either until I read the song meanings, which we'll get to well, in knew, a minute. I knew it was a plant. I didn't realize that it was like actually. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's a plant that's used in the like in um, hedge mazes, but like I know it's a plant now, and it makes sense that like you know maybe he like again took some artistic license to be like Heathers, like like a plant. Okay, like the hedge. He he might have honestly bef- previously been paranoid and frozen in the hedges, and he just liked the the word Heathers uh, better. Yeah. Heathers does I'm, sound better. Just guessing, you know. Hedge, like Hedges is also probably maybe on the nose. Paranoid and frozen in the hedges like a slasher. Paranoid and frozen in the Heathers like a slasher. Heathers sounds better. Heathers definitely sounds better, but I, I could see it having been Hedges initially and then just like, oh, maybe Heathers sounds good here. Uh, yeah, Heathers not really, it's not really a hedge. No, it's not really. But like, I feel like that's still the, like, I feel like it's still the line. I feel like it's still a shining reference, but maybe it's just because you said it and it makes sense. You've been primed. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, wrapped in plastic, as we mentioned earlier, that's a Twin Peaks reference. Mm. Um, and uh, Justin, as we know, loves Twin Peaks. Uh, had to take it to the majors, couldn't keep it on the down low. Somebody named XFIP minus uh, <laughs> suggests uh, songs, st- songs, a story of a private investigator quietly trying to find a missing woman, you say, and then does it, but she's dead, so he goes to the cops, aka the majors. Yeah. That's the story of the song. Tries to find her, she's dead. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I, another stiff at the scene of the crime, obviously. That just seems like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, but. I, <laughs> Aside from that line seeming very obvious, it also is like, yeah, of course there's a body at the scene of a crime. That's that's what that's where it happened. Right. Like, uh, I like it. I just maybe maybe there's two stiffs at the scene of the crime. Another stiff at the I don't know. What? Well, well, hold on now. Silly rabbit. Good grief. Tambien, which is Spanish for also. There's another dead body. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Good grief. Also another dead. body body she had to take it to the majors hold on because you said he didn't wait, take wait, it. Wait, 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 wait waiting for the big man to get me because that this line to hit um him thinking is he dead too is he he thinking... dies he's dead <laughs> she <laughs> took it to the majors he's the one who dies <laughs> oh shit wrapped in plastic we all get the end she had to take it to the majors couldn't keep it on the down low See Little Rabbit, Good Grief, Tommy, and I'm the scene of the crime. Hold on. I think he's the one who dies. She's doing a car career. I the bottom. Is that what this is? Wait. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can I feel believe like, it. I feel like he's the one who's dying. Yeah. Same. I feel like it's got to be. I feel like that's that's the that's the twist at the end. I want to I wanna make this music video now. <laughs> oh, dude. Hell yeah. Um... Waiting for the big well, man to so, get me. So we got your interpretation, and now our interpretation 
which is because he definitely dies at the end. It's got to be. Someone dies. It's definitely not her because she goes to the cops. But why does she go to the cops and not him? She takes to the majors because he died. I think that's got to be it. Either that or it's like she hired him and then somebody else died besides him and she took it to the cops. But I think it's him dying. I think it's got to be. No, I, it's it's such a pulpy end for him to die and she goes yeah. to the cops. Yeah. Man, I love oh, that. Man. That's 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 really it's honestly I think it's really clever. Uh so real quick from songfacts.com, we already got the the uh, Matt thing, but uh, also no, never mind. It's the same thing we already basically said. The lyrics were written by Justin during a break in songwriting while he was vacationing in Japan. And they tell a story of a stranger in a strange land. Probably and then just, name just, check a bunch he's, of things. He's just, on, he's just on a vacation and then he turns in this song, lyrically. Fucking casually writes just writes, this. Yeah. This. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll, I'll take a peep at it. So from Song Meanings, songmeanings.com, as we, as we love... Somebody says, first order of business to find the meaning is to look at the pop culture references. So Cloak and Daggers, the 80s spy movie. Miami Vice, the TV show. Seabury Quinn. Uh, Choruses is a depiction of something I'm not sure about. About 50% of the reference in the song referred to Twin Peaks. Uh, wrapped in plastic. Major is uh, a character in the show, Major Briggs. Which I don't I don't think that's right. I think it's, like like you said, it's the cops. Um, I can generically refer to the government. Yeah, for sure. Um, someone says it's a, about a relationship where all that's going well is the sex. I don't get that necessarily. Smoke and mirrors and everything nice. I wasn't married to the league and I was banging on the back end. Banking on the back end. Yeah, I don't know. She shook a few of my favorite things. She only took me for ten thousand yen. That's it's. Uh, I mean, it all reads pretty straightforward as a as a detective. Because she took me for ten thousand yen, means she paid him ten thousand yen. Yeah, because he's the detective. She paid him ten thousand yen to detect for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, if I if I remember correctly, Inspector Gadget was a detective. In fact, he was an inspector. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, go go get your arms uh, someone says for me this song was perfectly to my current situation looking at the main chorus I would say it's about a guy getting mixed signals from a girl he has feelings for um, you can take that if you want to be really boring like a badging something in the back of my, uh, I don't know I'm trying in opposite directions plot sucks but the killings are gorgeous honestly like I kind of get it but not even really I someone thinks my songs about to that end movie. with everybody dead Someone thinks it's about the movie Pulp Fiction, which we know is not true, but also the thing makes no sense. The plot sucks, but the killers are gorgeous, which ignores the part that it says a slasher film. Um, and also, I don't think the plot to Pulp Fiction sucks. Yeah. Uh, and the killings in it aren't really... They're not. I hate to be one of those guys that tries to relate every single song on Earth to relationships, but I think this song was written about some troubled relationship. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just failed relationship stuff. Songs to be about a girl about, who came into his life, really flipped him upside down, seemed to be everything he was looking for, but then it became apparent it was probably too good to be true, and it sucked. And that's the thing, right? If we look a little deeper, you could probably see relationship stuff in here. Like, I, I buy it. Like, I buy that it's, you know, you're looking through the relationships through the lens of a pulp novel. And, mm-hmm. you know, her going to the majors, she had to take it to the majors, couldn't keep it on the down low. That's going to replacing him with somebody better 
and another stiff at the scene of the crime is is him like it's a metaphorical death getting dumped but I just feel like that's reading too much into it yeah I wouldn't you know I cannot read Justin's mind um, I don't know maybe maybe this is just I, I got from it that he, che- that he cheated up. on his girlfriend with an Asian woman probably a prostitute since she took him for 10,000 yen and the girl played into his fantasy with all his pop culture references and such and then went around telling everyone she slept with Justin Pierre had to take it to the majors couldn't keep it on the down low and now he's just waiting for his girlfriend to hear the news waiting for the big bang to get me and he's torn in opposite directions and is hoping it's all a bad dream I don't think it actually happened but I like that interpretation yeah I don't it just feels like they're stretching to make it all fit. Yeah, oh, for sure. No, I mean, um, I should yes. say it feels like I can see this. I can see the stretch. Um. Oh, and the go-go gadget arm refers to the Asian chick giving a good hand chop. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, you're right. She took me for ten thousand yen. Sounds like you paid her ten thousand. Right. Yen. Well, that's what that's what I'm not sure about. I, yeah, be, like on on surface value, that that is what it seems like it could be. But I feel like that phrasing is is ambiguous. Yeah. Huh. She tried to cut with it every turn. Keep it close because the yeah. I don't know. It's it's really. It is interesting. I wonder. I just want to know what good grief Tambien aside from. Good grief. It's, it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, which is funny because some people thought the later in line is Good Dream Tambien. Somebody mentioned that maybe it's like Donnie Darko. Good Dream Ambien. Um, oh, good Dream Ambien. Uh, but yeah, they, 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 they thought it was like a Donnie Darko reference, but the line is Good Grief Tambien. Good Grief uh, Ambien? Um... So I don't, rabbit. don't people report like seeing animals on on sleep meds i'm sure yeah well it could be uh, what is it harvey something with harvey what harvey the the play do you know the, do you know the play harvey i'm not i'm not familiar with this it's a it's a play where uh this guy they, they made a new movie too in the 50s with jimmy stewart um so jimmy stewart like sees a giant rabbit and nobody else sees this giant rabbit. Only Jimmy Stewart sees the giant rabbit. And you know, it's it's called a puka. So you you also don't see the giant rabbit, but the whole movie he sees this giant rabbit. And you're just like kind of you kind of don't know if if the giant rabbit is real or not. Like sometimes the giant rabbit does things. And you're just like you never you never know whether or not the giant rabbit is a real giant rabbit or just hidden. Cuz cuz it's not like like it's not like you see sometimes from Jimmy Stewart's perspective where you see the rabbit. You don't. You never see the rabbit. See, I just want filmmaker, whoever did the marketing for The Invisible Man, to take note because that seemed like a good premise for a movie, and they gave away the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's is, uh, is the, that's is, hard. Is a rabbit revealed at the end of that movie? In Harvey? No, you you never see the rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit is invisible. But there is a rabbit. It's a good question. Exactly. It's not a question in Invisible Man. You literally see the, like, fucking chameleon camo break on him. <laughs> yep, there you go. Um, but yeah, you, 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 never, you are never sure whether or not the rabbit exists in Harvey. It's a, it's a six foot three 
Brabbit. <laughs> Reminds me of the, I think it's Scrubs or JD. Yes, I, I believe that is a, that I believe that is a reference to Harvey. Actually, is the name of the rabbit Harvey? No, like, I don't think it is, but I, I believe that's a Harvey joke. I don't know if it is for sure. Um, it's because it's 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 got the body of his gym teacher or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember. I I I, <laughs> um, I I believe it's a Harvey reference, but who knows. A rabbit in a tracksuit. Who is it? Jane, a gym teacher with a rabbit mask on. Yeah, I don't know. But I that that is how I imagine Harvey now because of that Scrubs episode. <laughs> um. All right, we went to song meaning, song facts, song genius. Do you got anything else? Any other thoughts before we move on to uh, covers and alternate versions? I think we have gone over it and then again and again. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're gonna go to a couple covers now. First up. Uh, is this Synthesia pl- piano playthrough, which uh, I'm going to play the best part from it, but it's only kind of okay. Here is the uh, Synthesia. And if you find this one on YouTube, you uh, there's a MIDI file download too, so good, good luck. Um, this playthrough is the result of playing a guitar tab through Synthesia. All right, cool. Here is the motion soundtrack Pulp Fiction Synthesia piano playthrough. So, you know, that's fine. I Sometimes I watch some of these synthesias and I'm like super duper impressed, you know? Have you seen the like, one that... I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's like, yeah, good songs converted to piano works out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But like this, this one was sort of just okay and there's much worse parts of it. But like... <laughs> Um, yeah, like there's some of the really, really good ones. Like there's, there was the one that's like anyone that says impossible on it. A lot of times is really impressive to me because they, because they put so many, like so many different parts of this. Like they play, like, I think there was one for like the, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean song. He's a pirate. Um, and it's just like, they play every part of the orchestra on the piano because you can, like, that's something you can do with like otherwise why not just play the piano because you can't play the piano sure fine but then like then i why do i care (laughs) why do i care about the synthesia cover um play it on piano or make it impossible to play on piano like one of the two for me for me that's where i'm at on those things personally no i I like the i like the piano covers um i just no i again i'm fine with a real piano cover um all right here so now we got a couple of uh acoustic guitar covers uh the first one i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> i don't want to say worst to best uh but the, the first one i'm gonna play this i think is a pretty good cover but um i think the camera is low so it's hitting the guitar before it's hitting the vocals so the vocals are a little quiet um i think if, if she recorded from higher up you would hear a little better uh but this is michelle lynn on youtube here we go
She also says frozen in the heavens, which I think was what some of the old lyric sites used to say. Did you um, also notice that the film, that the video was in a kind of like a black and white? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, neat. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. I think it was on purpose. <laughs> I, think uh, she, I think she put the filter on there to make it look like. I think you're giving this um, what appears to be a, a 15 year old girl at the time, probably just, just 10 years it's ago. She's probably a black like and white webcam. now. No, I think I think I think she probably put a black and white filter on it because she thought it was edgy. <laughs> like that's the thing people did around you, the time. You, you take your belief. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that she did all you the effects what? on purpose. You 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 believe in the in man, um, but uh, I will say every other video on her channel is either black and white or sepia. So oh shit. <laughs> 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 Sorry, bud. I think I win. Boom. <laughs> Not every single one. There's a couple that aren't, but uh, most of them are black and white or sepia. So I, I believe uh, I believe I win this one. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up. I, I, I honestly, I honestly didn't. I literally just saw that. I checked. I'm like, well, let me see the other videos. And I'm like, oh, oh, never mind. I'm right. I win. <laughs> I clicked on her. I clicked on her page, and the top, the first thing is calling all cops. Also black and white, which makes a lot less sense uh, for that song. Um, so, um, all right, uh, this one is. It says pulp. It says bootleg. I believe he did this at like an open mic night or something, and somebody recorded it from the audience. So I, I picked the the part that I thought had a little bit less of the. Um, a little bit higher quality. So here is uh, Cameron Degurski. This one's from SoundCloud. I would really like a not "quote unquote" bootleg version of this because yeah, I think that's sure. really great. I think that's really excellent. Yeah, Make, I'm making a, I'm it a, his own, or you know, hey, absolutely it. making it his own. And like, I don't know, he has a good voice. Like mm-hmm. everything about this is cool. Um, his a bunch of his other stuff says folk singer songwriter R and B soul, and that makes sense. That's I think that's the voice he's got, like a folk, a folk soul type sound. Actually, kind of like um. Uh, not not exactly like Patrick Stump, but like the same sort of oeuvre as uh, Patrick Stump, in my opinion. Um, because because Patrick Stump also has like a very like soul heavy voice, a, a very like I don't know indie slash soul voice. So to me, I think it really works well. Um, this one is uh, also from around eight years ago, uh, just like that. Uh, the first one. This is uh, Hysteriatic Eight Seventeen, uh, acoustic guitar cover. I I also really like this one. So here we go. Miami Vice just took a few of my favorite things. 
Like cloak and dagger, I still see Barry Quinn I couldn't keep it all together, I was screwing in the end zone Arigato, go go gadget arm, she only took me for 10,000 yen It's like a bad dream, something from the back of a magazine Like a white and cheesy you know, I, I was watching that one earlier, slash listening to that one earlier, and I liked it, but I felt like he needed more confidence. Like, I agree a little bit, yeah. I, I think it's very sort of straightforward, but and I mean, obviously, you know, it was eight years ago, like, yeah. and he looks like, is it like a college dorm room? Yeah. Um, and he's still doing stuff, like, he posted his last thing a week ago, um, and a month ago, he posted a One Year's cover, two months ago, a My Chemical Romance cover. So I think it's I think maybe it was just you know early stuff, but like he I think is like really talented. This is the only one of the acoustic covers that didn't wasn't just chords. Like he started off with the with the guitar riff from the beginning, but like only on his acoustic, um, which is really cool. Like it's I'm bad at that, so I I'm impressed yeah. by it. Um, he had to I guess he stopped doing stuff for like four years. He didn't he didn't have any anything on his YouTube for like four years, and then over the last couple of years he's he's had something every like month or two. So, um, I like it. I like his. I think his voice is interesting. Like he's got like a a, a fun sort of like energetic, a pop punk voice. Uh, I think he'd be. Uh, I don't know. He's cool. It's a cool one. Um. And then the next one. Oh, the next one is gonna be your favorite, <laughs> because it is the Chip Tune cover. Uh, we found. I found a Chip Tune cover, not from Chip Tune Planet. Um. <sighs> But uh, this is, it's also, it's a free download too. Um, from Jack Hart, Hardeveld on SoundCloud. Here is a Pulp Fiction 8-bit cover. Yeah, so that is the chiptune cover. I like it. I think it's pretty solid. Solid chiptune cover. Feels like the beginning, the notes are off. Wrong, a little bit, wrong yeah. Wrong octave. Not the, sure. They're not perfect. But yes. I think I think it sort of works well enough. Oh, yeah. Here's the sort of breakdown in the middle. I think to me it actually it actually kind of sounds like a video game song at, at parts like it doesn't you know a lot of chiptune sound songs sound like just an 8-bit cover and nothing else but like this kind of like doesn't sound like it would be out of place in like a Sonic the Hedgehog game or something yeah but that's I mean that's, that's just chiptune though I know some, some some of them are better than others at doing that I feel so I think I think this one does pretty well at it in my opinion uh this last one I don't know if this is I think this is a full band um here is it says John Alexander Cameron I don't know if it's got a full band behind him or he just did karaoke or something but it sounds like a full band uh might be a feminine flaw who knows this is uh John Alexander Cameron Pulp Fiction In corners that every band I wasn't sucking down the poison I was working on a QT shaky shaky all over the world you try to cartwheel it every turn Crawley's a case of revenge I had a martyr that I bought it from a band And the band who 
So it's definitely not a karaoke because it does not sound like the original track. So it's it's a full band basically, which is cool. I like it. It's pretty straightforward though. Mm-hmm. But good. You know, I'm I, I don't fault the the covers for not playing the music exactly how they how they play it. Um, but man, I just love the full band as they play it on this so much that every yeah. cover is like, yeah, this is I like the song and you're doing it's a good fully, job, but you're missing yeah. all of the other instruments I like to hear on this. Well, I mean, I think this last one did did it all right, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's sort of like uh, I, I did like the second one a lot because it, it did sort of the thing that we liked last week with um, can't finish what you started the one cover. Where it's you know it's just it's it is a lot different than than the original. So like if if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna cover a song that's already like pretty great, then you have to do something a little different. Otherwise, you know what do you, what do you, what's the point? <laughs> you know, um, you know, c- kind of like sometimes cool, do it, do your thing. But I I feel like I don't get the point if you're not doing something different, which we'll get to when we talk to some uh, talk about some of the um, Motion City covers, like the covers that Motion City soundtrack did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some of them are like, yeah, this is a perfectly competent cover of a very good song, but wh- why do it? Because <laughs> it just sounds like the song. And why would I listen to uh, Motion City Soundtrack's cover of Here Comes the Sun when I can just listen to Here Comes the Sun? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, All right, the last thing we have, uh, as always, no one covers Motion City like Motion City. Here is the alternative version from the... Uh, bonus special edition disc, the digital digital deluxe edition. That's what it was, right? Digital 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 deluxe bonus disc. Uh, so it wasn't the Japanese bonus track, although it might have come out in Japan as well. But it's from the deluxe edition bonus disc. Uh, it is an alternate um, acoustic version of Pulp Fiction. So here is that. Plastic, we all get the end. She had to take it to the majors, couldn't keep it on the down low. Silly rabbit, good grief, Tommy, and another stiff at the scene of the crime. It's like a bad dream, something from the back of a magazine. Black and white, she we put together like a slasher film. I'm torn in opposite directions. The plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. It's like a nightmare cover in the tracks that it brought you there. Paranoid and frozen in the heavens like a slasher film. I'm torn in opposite directions. The plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. So that also has some violin, mm-hmm. um, as well as actually. So the harmonies, I th- I really 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 like the harmonies in the um, acoustic version. Um, I think they're just they're so sick because um, there's, there's I feel there's a lot more of them. I don't know if the harmonies are Matt or if they're so uh, Kieran Smith. I don't remember if I mentioned that in the actual recording or not so far, but Kieran Smith does. Uh, backup vocals on oh no violin it says violin on Pulp Fiction is there a violin in the original song I didn't hear any I I listened to it a lot today and did not hear any so what's weird is because I'm looking at the record and it says violin on Pulp Fiction by Karen Smith but I don't know if there is any violin on the album version but there is violin on this version maybe there wasn't we just don't hear it underneath all the other like music um you know let me let me play the end of pulp fiction from the original version and see if we hear it there i hear it 
I actually do kind of hear it. Yeah, you I know heard what I it. think? I think maybe what Jesse plays on the synth in the live shows is the Kieran Smith violin part on the actual recorded album. Um, I'm I'm glad that uh, I read the liner notes because so we hear it in the alternative version heavily, um, but not necessarily in the um, recorded version. I mean, we hear it in the recorded version. It's just we didn't. <laughs> we both listened to the song quite a few times and did not notice it until we read the liner notes. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so that's that's Kieran Smith on violin. I don't. I like I'm. I was trying to figure out who Kieran Smith was earlier, and like very hard to google i have no idea who kieran smith is um he yeah like he was on epitaph but i don't know if he had his own i don't know if he was on a in a band or what um no like he he did some stuff with sing it loud and with team spirit and patent pending but i think it was just like signed to a label and didn't really put much stuff out um but yeah, I I thought I really really like the alternative version. Um so I think the backing vocals the 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 you know harmonies must be Matt. Um and I I just I really like the harmonies on that song. Like it's real I think it's really excellent. And then I turned 7 is the name of the band that Kieran Smith is violin and guitarist for or was from 2005 to 2007 mm-hmm. and they're from Duluth, Minnesota, so that tracks. Um although the band I think Wrapped in 2007? I don't know. I can't really tell for sure. Um, oh, they changed their name to Jamestown Story. All right. Oh, no. Jamestown Story is just the main... I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kieran Smith was all was in Jamestown Story. Okay, until 2008, which this album came out after then. So I don't know. Anyway, beside the point, Kieran Smith was in a Duluth, Minnesota band, which would make sense because Motion City's from Minneapolis. Um, <laughs> yes. Did, did you have any thoughts on the acoustic version? You know, all, all versions by them. <laughs> am a fan. Uh, oh, the, so the, the, the acoustic version is a lot more clear, the Good Grief Tom Bien. Um Because yes. that's one that you're like... you're. you're I also was never sure. I was like, good seal rabbit, good dreams till the end, good dream time oh, end. I, I, good. That's not, I, I doubt it exactly. I just wanted, I wanted, you know. Oh, no, 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 I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, that was, that was, that was a big thing with lyric sites too, because, like, not, not as much anymore, but I remember when I was first getting into the band, like, looking at some of those lyrics. Some said till the end, some said Tom Bien. Like, he's definitely saying Tom Bien, but then some said good dreams, some said good grief, and it's really, really hard to tell, but it's very, very clear in the acoustic version. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that, uh, especially. But I, but I, I don't know, man. I love the harmonies on it. Like, I think it's really sick. Um, I think I, you know, I think yeah, I think Matt's excellent. I hope it's Matt, and I'm not giving Matt praise that belongs to, you know, Tony. Well, um, whoever did it, they did well. It's usually, it's usually Matt, so I'm gonna guess it's Matt. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, yes, that is it. I think. I think that's all of our things. Unless you had any <laughs> final notes. Yeah, just you know, I mean, uh, always, it's a always great like, song. I always think, like, I think, you know, whatever, whatever song we're covering, just listening to it again, and and especially one like this that I've listened to so many times, just like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I'm always gonna say, I like, think, I think this song could probably use a little bit more Moog to be, you know, in my like best songs list. Although I don't know, like, 
it is you know like i've said like the the things that that a motion city's rep song needs are justin justin's lyrics uh tony's drums and a sick mug part um and i think there's no sick mug part here but like tony's drums like especially like the closing out drums the like uh, i don't even know how to do it with my mouth um the closing but the closing out <laughs> drums like I, I i really like like i think the drum part here is we didn't talk about the drum part at all um but i think it's a really great drum part um and like i, I you know i like that they got actual violin but Maybe if they just, you know, made that violin a Moog. I feel like, I feel <laughs> um, like they, you know, it just seems that, the, you know, while I, I do like the drums on this, that maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong with their intent, but it feels like they were they were pushing the guitar and the the bass to, to more to the front of the... Yeah, I mean, well, that makes sense, right? Because this is, this is the album where Tony's arm was broken. So he came in later. Like I think again, this this must be one of the ones that that they probably had Claudio track, and then Tony came in later to um to do the drums for real. Um, so so I, I get that too. But I th- I think the drum part, you know, stands out enough in this in this song. Um, which is you know, oh for sure. I, th- I think uh, you you have tr- you gotta have trouble a little bit in my dinosaur life with the drum part standing up because Tony tracked the drums after everything else, um, for the most part. So I think in Pulp Fiction, uh, to to for the drum part to stand out to me, uh, I like because a lot of times the drum part doesn't stand out to me even if it's a good drum part. It just doesn't stand out to me, which is not necessarily a bad thing. The drum is not supposed to stand out a lot of the time unless there is a solo. Um, so I just but but it does stand out to me. So I like that. I don't know. Um. All right, that is it for this episode of Motion City Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Motion City Pod. That is also where we're at on Instagram and uh, Patreon.com slash Motion City Pod, uh, MotionCityPod at gmail.com. I haven't checked any of the email. I'm assuming I don't have any, but uh, who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll know. If, if you emailed us, then maybe we'll talk about it next episode. You can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Kuhan. Jake is at XFIP minus, uh, just like he is on uh, genius.com. <laughs> and in Josh's uh, Discord. And in Josh. No, just Discord. You're just XFIP, aren't you? Or are you XFIP minus? I think I am XFIP minus. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, X, that's XFIP and then the word minus spelled out. Uh, and I think those are all of the things. Uh, yeah, I think it's gotta be it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, until next time, uh, just cover the tracks that have brought you here. No, (laughs) no, I swear we're going to find it one day. We're going to find it. There's gotta be something, nothing in this one. It's not not there, man. Uh, Until next time, I have a feeling this is not the... No. Another stiff at the scene of the... Uh, No. Yes, I had a feeling this was not the end. I have a feeling it's... No, I don't think so. (laughs) Until next time, the plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. (laughs) Until next time, bye. Like a bad dream, something from the back of a magazine Black and white and shape we put together like a slasher film I'm turning opposite directions
The plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. Something like a nightmare covering the tracks that it brought you there. Paranoid and frozen in the heathers like a slasher film. I'm torn in opposite directions. The plot sucks, but the killings are gorgeous. Goddamn, these killings are gorgeous.